Today's episode is brought to you by Breadbox Philly, who would like to invite you to join them December 1st and 2nd, 2023, from 3 to 11 p.m. for Dilly Dally Fest at Rittenhouse Filmworks, located at 219 West Rittenhouse Street, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, 19144. This Screamo Festival is organized specifically by queer and trans folks to offer a safe and comfortable option to celebrate some of our favorite bands, such as In Loving Memory, New Mears, Ulf, and Foxtails. You can purchase tickets, $75 for a two-day pass or $45 for a one-day pass on the Breadbox website, breadboxphilly.com. Hello, and welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Edie Quinn, and we have a great show lined up for you today. Before we get started, though, I'd like to remind you about the Patreon page, where you can sign up to get exclusive music, sneak peeks into everything that's going on, as well as zines, comics, and more. The Patreon page is patreon.com slash human machine. And now I'd like to play something for you. You're hearing Lights Out in February by Two Forget, featuring my pal Nate McKinley on guitar and vocals. The song comes off their newest release, Cornered in a Retrospect, which you can buy on 7-inch Lathe from the band or via Zegama Beach Records. That doesn't matter, Dad, because both of them are on a road of sickness. They're both on the road. All that stuff you can do, this and that, I'm gonna do this and that, and you are both not well. I hate to tell you that, but they're not. song Our House by Crosby, Stills, and Nash and Young. <laughs> that record, uh, Deja Vu, was played a lot in my household growing up. And my mom, like, uh, we always used to, like, sing along to it. And uh, we would come to, like, our house is a very, very, very fine house. Mm-hmm. And we would always, okay. we would just always sing along to that one. I definitely, that one sticks out to me as as one that like has a big, uh, a big staple in my childhood. Yeah. Uh, it's a whole record too. Um, that one. And like, we listened to a lot of, uh, like this, like one particular, like Bruce Springsteen record in it's like live in London. It was just like so good. Um, my dad listened to a lot of Pink Floyd. That was like his favorite band. And, so anytime I hear like animals come on or something, I definitely just slingshot back in time and start thinking about like those records on the record player growing up. Mm. And uh, yeah, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. That was <laughs> that's the yeah. one that sticks out. <laughs> I I was like thinking I was like 
gosh, I know I have to have heard that song, but all that kept coming back up in my head was uh, Our yeah. House in the Middle of the Street. Like, oh, yeah. I was like, I gotta know this other song. Like, you know, like, is, uh, like I just can't, I can't think, like, how did that go? But uh, yeah, so thank you for that uh, rendition there. Um, but yeah, now I'm gonna, like, even after we get off here, I'm gonna have the other one in my head, like, all house in the middle of the street. Uh, I'm thinking about um, Maxwell House now with that song. Oh yeah, all right. Was that a, was that in a commercial? I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, at least it had to. Of it. It's um, <laughs> yeah. It's funny how like these, how these songs like they, <clears throat> they're like iconic pieces of music, but then they let the, they lend themselves to like licensing or whatever and this wasn't like a matter of licensing but there was this one like oh gosh you know the song like um we can dance if we want to well there was like this one sketch <laughs> show that my wife and i were watching it, it must have been like you know 15 years ago or something we were watching this sketch show i cannot remember what it is i've searched for it on youtube trying to find this sketch but it's like this guy is he's the whole scene is like this guy and like his his partner and um like and and um everything that she suggests to him or whatever like he turns it into that song so she's like they're out to eat and she's like should we get the check and he's like we can get the check if you want to we can get that check right <laughs> now and like he does this like like every time she suggests something and eventually she's like you know that's it I, I can't take it anymore I'm leaving you and he's like you can leave if you want to you can leave you know like <laughs> and like my whole tangent in there is like it's just funny how like these iconic pieces of music they get borrowed uh by like other uh other other people and 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 then sometimes like that uh impression on you like usurps the original impression of the song yeah you know? absolutely a like, little catch you lick you yeah know, it, like sticks in your memory you've heard it on repeat you've heard it in yeah. multiple scenarios with multiple people and it yep. sticks with you yeah but now like you said oh maxwell house and now i can't think of that other song like i can't think of that <laughs> without that sketch you know it's just like <laughs> yeah. it's funny yeah but <laughs> i mean that nick drake song on that car commercial or something like in the morning i, I Pink Moon is also another like record that I think goes way back for me too. And uh, like hearing that out of context with like a car zooming down some mountain road or something, just yeah. like man, what? yeah. Every <laughs> like, car commercial is supposed to be born to be wild. Don't they know that? Like <laughs> yeah. every single one. Like it's just that's what that song was made for. But um, totally. Not really, but you know, uh, if it's, um, yeah, that's wild, and that's really cool that that you you know you suggested that um, this was a th these were the, like vinyl records that you're listening to. This is like like your dad like slapping them on the turntable. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I still, I still have that turntable here in this house in school. I'm spinning records all the time on like the the record player that I grew up listening to records with and like i didn't start collecting my own records until probably like seven or eight years ago i went to monster where i worked for a really long time and got uh, a copy of the earth is not a cool dead place by explosions in the sky and started 
developing my collection from there and like started playing my records like you know with the records that my parents had and stuff and it like it was fun to start to develop my own collection like after loving to listen to theirs over yeah. the years yeah and i mean did you have to did you have to get some work done to it or or just it's always been maintenance like that's that's amazing i've had to get it fixed so i've had to get it fixed up a couple times yeah but uh it's still running it's like a nice like dj kind of like uh, manual turntable. Oh, that's awesome. I can't have a record player for like more than a year before like it gradually <laughs> starts playing the records like a little too slow or a little too fast. I don't know how the too fast thing works. Like yeah, the too slow thing works when the the belt wears out. Yeah, something. that makes sense. Like that it's play it too slow, right? Because it's just like mm-hmm. a rubber band when it starts to get looser and it's not. But I've had it. I've had it to where it'll play them too fast too. Like, I don't get that. But, like, yeah, I, that also doesn't bother me. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Um, Sometimes, like, hearing a song just a tad too quick, yeah. and give it, like, an extra energy. It's like putting a capo on the, fir- like, on the first fret and playing the same song, and you're just like, somehow this feels alive. <laughs> I don't know. So I don't, yeah. I think you know my position on capos. Mm. So, yeah, it's just like when I learned that Cranberry song and the and the and all the, like, um, people that were like, put a capo on this fret and then play this, and I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm gonna just go ahead and uh, I'm gonna figure out a different way to play this. I don't think so. Um, yeah, I yeah, don't no, no. I, I've talked about, I've talked about different. There's, uh, I mean, there's like, like lots of things wrong with me. So like, we we're, we're gonna spend more time talking about you today than me. But like, this is one of those things where it's just like when I. Sometimes it's just like it's the bit, you know what I mean? And like yeah. I decidedly because of all the because of 2014, I decidedly put my foot down about capos. And so <laughs> so so like if you've seen the sticker, you know, um then you know, it's a uh, yeah, no no capos in this house like, you know. Um like all the all of the horrible things that like um homophobic dads said about their kids being gay or whatever like but that's me like i'd rather you blank than bring a capo into this house you know (laughs) but not really because it's you know it's just a bit but um yeah like um do you do you remember like also like when you're listening to these records growing up do you remember there being like a connection between you and like the physical presentation like the artwork the lyric sheets like things like that or was it just like was that kind of off limits like you know how how like hands-on were you with the engaging in the physical media as it were i definitely had my hands on and like at a young age and i think that's like where my appreciation for it all began like it just it felt so like warm and analog and so like physical and real and it just, you know, there's there's no like numbers, statistics, like tracking your listening. It's just this is you, this is your house, this is like your speakers. It just feels so organic and simple, and I just kind of fell in love with that that whole concept and uh, just the natural like the scratchiness, the 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 warmth just feels so right when you're listening to like especially older music. Yeah, it's kind of. 
like I never thought about this before, but it's like it's weird how like you know you you mentioned like the scratchiness and it's like there's like that that introduction before the music comes on and you you hit the turntable down and you might like you hear that um sort of background noise like come on and then when the music comes in it just disappears into like part of the sound and it's it's i've often thought like you know there's been a lot of records that um that i've listened to not necessarily like on vinyl but just in in general i'm speaking like the broader term record as in like a release right so like there's there's that thing where like at first you there's records that i've push play and how you don't know what you're expecting and at first like the whether it's the recording quality or just like something about it that you don't necessarily care for and then like there's that phase of like you accept this for like what it is and then you like it almost makes it more distinctive like absolutely yeah i mean that doesn't that doesn't like have as much to do with like you know the the format or whatever you listen to it on but it just like it struck me as like you know there's all there's always like sort of a a learning curve that our ears go through when we're processing new sounds you know or like or whatever i think that's yep. i don't know that that yeah like when you put the needle down it sounds like a there's like a train you know you're just like you're the here all aboard <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 for here sure comes the music. yeah um <clears throat> is that still mostly the way you listen to records or is it just like i mean i i don't listen to like vinyl as much as i used to because i like I don't know, you know, it, it, my records are in the family room and um, like one of my kids uh, has like, he just has different, um, like he can be really sensitive to like uh, sound, you know, like, and so like he always like, <laughs> he says it and when he says it, it sounds like he's being mean or whatever, but I like... I think when I think when you like think about it with a little bit more compassion you like realize like this isn't like him just being a brat you know like um, right, but he's like ah, ah this ah this music you know like it's too loud and it's not loud like you kind of realize there's something else going on there you know it's like a, a sensitivity yeah. thing um so I don't yeah I don't I mostly just like listen on like in headphones you know uh just like on whatever like ipad or whatever you know like um but uh is it is it kind of just like a 50 50 for you yeah i like i really like just putting on a record especially like when i'm either here by myself doing something or have some friends come over or something the first thing i do is just like stare at the shelf and start thinking about what to play and there's to me there's just like so much freedom in having a record collection like 
it's sort of like your physical representation of like your musical identity in a way. Like mm-hmm. you, uh, you get to like, I've spent so many years like, at a record store, like helping other people develop their collections that it made me take my own collection, like, you know, seriously. And now it's starting to turn more to the, uh, to like the direction of collecting like memorabilia from bands that like I've collaborated with and like, or like played with or, or helped with a show or something to just like have a cool memory tied to it. And I often put like flyers in, fold them up and put them in, in the sleeves just so like I can find it one day and just like little, little time capsules. Yeah. And, and it'll just bring you back to this time and place. And then you put the record on and then you just see them up on the stage again and it all just comes back. So it's, it's kind of just a way of like documenting cool times in my life now. And yeah. I, I think it's a cool, it's a cool format for that. It feels yeah. very, like, real. I mean, it's got a pocket for that and everything, you know? Just slip it, put yeah. it right in there. But, put anything you want, Megan. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when you were talking about that, you know, I was thinking, I, I, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, you know that I actually, like, look at my records more than, like, I listen to them anymore. Like, I, I'll, I'll, pull, I'll pull them out and, like, look at the artwork and, and the inserts or, you know, or whatever. Um, like, I probably look, look at them a lot more. Like, just how, like, I'll, I'll look at a comic book that I've already read. Like, I know this story already, you know, but I'll, like, look at it and, and just, like, yeah, I don't know. I guess it, it's sort of like what you said. And whether it's a band that I know personally or whether it's, like, in Casino Out, you know, it's just like, wow, I remember like the first time I ever heard this, you know, and that kind of thing is, I don't know, I'm, I'm a sentimental fool, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely. Like, I, uh, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know, I, like uh, a lot of us don't get into the kind of things that we're into, like without being that way, you know, like we want to dictate um, or document, you know, is a better word. We want to like document like our lives or our feelings in this point in time and you know so yeah we're gonna like we're we're some of us are gonna crave those you know documents that we uh weren't the same part of or whatever but um yeah absolutely i think about that a lot about like a record being like a snapshot in time for either yours or someone else's, it was like a, the way that they felt in their lives at this time. And they like, when, when you, when it's a physical product too, it like it, all the, the visual art and the extra effort to make the, the layout look like, you know, suitable and uh, to like, everything just comes together with it. And it just, it's, it's a very uh, important thing to the person that made it and you can tell by the amount of like effort that they put into the like the vinyl itself and uh, yeah I just I think a lot about how like recording music like it just it's gonna be with you forever and uh, having something like a tape or something like a vinyl is truly a way that it can actually like last for you Thank you. 
not trying to like be a like a doomer about this or whatever, but it's like I've often thought like, you know, um, like we're we're all like one Bandcamp email away from like losing like like hundreds of thousands of screamo releases, you know, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like like. I mean, hopefully we we're, we sort of like learned our lesson from like MySpace and and whatever else that like you know we're like backing up our stuff a little bit better or whatever. But like, it's it's wild. Like, <clears throat> just when I like when I think like about the amount of times that bands have like come back to me and been like, do you have those like do you still have those like master waves or whatever you know? And I'm like, yeah, I got them. Um, when it's like. It's like, um, like it was your, it was, it was, it was your band. Like, why don't you have the master waves? But I like, I'm not gonna name names because it's not important. But it's like it just speaks to the fact that sometimes we, because this platform is going on 15 years old or whatever, and it's always we've always just been able to put our waves up there and listen to it whenever we want. Like, but like in the last couple years, we, you know that it's gone through like it's been sold two times, you know? And like, yes, absolutely. I always, I'm always like, we're like one, we're like one email away from like, Hey, uh, you're not allowed to have 300 releases on your page anymore, you know, like, or like whatever. Um, basically it, it just like, you know, you, you waking up and, and I, I think you would think that they'd be like, you have until, you have two weeks to like download your stuff or move your stuff or whatever, you know, they wouldn't just, but I mean, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Cause like there was like a lot of bands like from the MySpace and stuff where it's just like, they just like, don't, they didn't, they, you can't find these recordings and stuff now. And, and like, you're never going to have that. Like if you have a CD or, you know, a tape or, Absolutely. I mean, of course, yeah. like, other things could happen to that, but, you know. For sure. I was listening to the, the podcast of yours with uh, Matt King recently and hearing about, like, his old band that, you know, was on MySpace and it's just kind of not in existence anymore. And you just kind of have to, like, I wish there was an archive for this in some way. Yeah. Like, the amount of people that, like, came into Monster where I worked and were just like, you know, one day when that whole grid goes down, like, I want to have this because this record means enough to me, you know? Yeah. And, like, maybe they're right. Maybe yeah. they will be set when that does happen. Like, I had a like a College of Charleston email uh, that got, like, deleted, like, a year ago. And it, with it, it took out, like, all my, like, my drive and, like, everything I'd uploaded to YouTube through that account. And there's, like, no record of that. Like, just a bunch of, like, I like to film shows with my GoPro camera. And then they're all just gone, you know. But, yeah. I mean, it was cool. And, like, I, it's just something you, like, learn to live with. But it definitely can just disappear without you really playing on it. and Or have enough time to prepare to download it. And a little scary. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I don't know. There's always, like, there's, I mean... I should move away from this topic as fast as possible because it's like I'm like sitting <laughs> I'm doing this conversation on a computer that's like uh, I mean I don't like I don't even know how old the computer is like I bought it 15 years ago 
you know? So like, it's like, and I'm just like thinking to myself, like while I'm like, while I'm like hashing out these like doomsday scenarios for your, like all of your digital files, like I'm just thinking to myself, I've got like seven unfinished albums on this, on this, um, computer, like just off the top of my head, like, yeah. Just off wow. the top of my head, I got like seven unfinished albums, and I'm like, ooh, <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> I guess I'll just go ahead. I'll go on record right now, and I'll just say, I'll remind you all what Maya Chun likes to post on her Facebook once every couple of months. Back up your files when you're done. <laughs> yes. When you're done listening to this, go back up your files. Um, External hard drives are your friend. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Yeah, it's it's wild. Um but yeah, so you know, I had I'd been like you know, like uh kind of like waiting for a- an opportunity to like, you know, chat with you and stuff and then like you had the the uh the, the two song Lathe come out uh right before y- y- you know, y'all's tour and stuff. Um so I was like, "Oh yeah, that'll be a really uh good time to you know chat about like what's been going on and and everything like that but um like first off like it is there are you in another new band uh i'm in a few okay okay (laughs) yeah because like um because i was like like i was like seeing like you posting these flyers and stuff and i'm like okay i don't get like is this (laughs) <laughs> is this a I'm playing a show or like is this a you should come to a show like so so what's going on with there there was like w- the one that comes to mind immediately was the tiny tiny silver hammer show like yeah. uh, is that was one of those bands a new band of yours yes okay uh, and what's that called a new project called skywatching okay and it it's just like some like emo like kind of shoegazy kind of stuff it's it's uh it's me and Andy and uh my friend Travis. Uh we all just kind of started working on these a little bit ago and we have plans to go record down in Gainesville with uh John Howard in February. And we just did like five songs. They're just like just just all new. It just felt real good to just like do something real fresh. And like, you know, a lot of people like see me just like throwing my guitar and doing crazy shit and I think it's just kind of a cool way for other people to see a different side of us all that's not so particularly aggressive. But it, uh, I'm like singing a good bit in it, and some parts are kind of like real drawn out, and other parts are like real like dynamically quiet, and other parts are like real just like riffy and like fun. And uh, yeah, so that was like our first show with that project, and. We have another one coming up in January here at a bar called Royal American. But, uh, yeah, that was just kind of like a debut of that. Um, and it's really just a lot of our, like, our friend group, like, just collaborating with each other and just doing different, like, instrumentation switch-ups with, uh, and just calling it different things. Like, for example, we have this other project called, we're calling it Thin Lazy. And it's, uh... <laughs> It's just like three guitars and two basses and drums. And it's just like my friend Austin, who I like grew up playing music with, just moved back and uh, who plays in Sear with me. And uh, it's just like our, a, our bunch of our friends just 
getting up and writing some cool stuff. We we wrote some stuff before he moved away, and now we're kind of getting back to it. And um, so yeah, that and we're trying to get Seer going again a little bit, and regularly practicing with Art Star. We've been writing some stuff lately, and to forget we've been, we've been working on some new stuff too. So it's, it's really just having fun with friends and constantly like keeping it interesting and changing like changing what i'm playing changing the instrument i'm playing uh and just like allowing different uh people to like take the lead with like you know thinking out how the songs can be structured and coming forth with with riff ideas and i just think it's i think it's really fun refreshing to just be a part of numerous projects with your friends to just allow to whatever to whatever comes to come and it it also allows you to like have other projects to offer when it comes to like cool bands when to come through town mm-hmm. and you know to forget just play the show so like what are we gonna who are we gonna put on this or whatever yeah it's yeah interesting. I, I mean like i it's just like tell me what to do i'm tired of making all the decisions like, <laughs> like you know it's just like yeah yeah somebody else somebody else take the wheel like I'll just be back behind the drum kit. It's cool. Like, oh, yeah, like, I'll just, you know, like, yeah, I'll do bass. Yeah, whatever you say, you know. <laughs> I'll just I'll just be back here trying not to get on your nerves. It's cool. <laughs> um, I'll do something cool every once in a while. If I see, if, if I get side-eye, then I know it wasn't cool. Um, yeah, it's, I, I think it's, I think not only is it fun to play the different instruments, but I think it's like, it, it, it it I feel like it keeps <clears throat> it, it keeps you sharp. Like it, it helps your writing when you're writing for other things. Like the fact that you're like you're doing you know, you're, like you're trying this thing behind the drum kit and you're like, Well shit, this won't work for this one song, but what if I wrote a two forget song that has something like that in it? You know, like Yeah, totally. You know, it's like I, I feel like all all of these things like you know, these, these are the hands that wash each other, you know, it's like, and also like it keeps you from playing like the wrong shit too. Like if I feel like if you're in five bands and you played guitar in every band, you're usually like, wait, is this one, the one that, wait, wait, where's, which fret does this start at? Yeah. Like, and you just don't have that problem. You're just like, okay, I'm on the drums on this one. Yeah, we're ready to go. Count Definitely. it off. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I sometimes like I've sometimes I've wondered if I if I'm like um, if if there's like it almost feels like cheating, right? When you start like another project because you're in like a tiny rut or whatever, like, um, creatively, it almost feels yeah. like cheating. Cause you're like, you're, you're like, damn, I can't, I can't solve this problem. I can't like crack this. Right. So you start this other thing, no expectations. You just go next thing you know, you got six songs or whatever. You're like, hell yeah. And you're, you're just like, what? well, you're kind of like shit. Well, that doesn't, how come I can write six songs? Like, and I can't finish this one other song or whatever. It feels kind of weird. You're like, you can't, 
you know, you can't keep running from this, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> but, um, I don't know. It really like, it just, it just like, it all takes care of each other. And in, in my Definitely. experience, you know, it's just like the, 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 the fire and the passion that you get from cranking out those other songs and just like getting that thing going, like feeds back into like the way this other problem that you need to solve or this like whatever you know like i don't i don't know if that's the best way when you're talking about music like it's but it feels that way sometimes you know like you're yeah. just stuck on something can't can't crack it you know and and um yeah i don't know like um is that like is this just like when you start are starting your new projects is this just a, just like coincidental as far as like it's just like this thing just wrapped up this big thing so now it's now like we're gonna focus on this because like this just the right time and place for that or is it just like you're basically doing a band practice like five days a week <laughs> it feels like that sometimes uh yeah. but but uh it's it's really just a matter of just like keeping it interesting for me and like spending time by myself like playing music and, and like trying to come up with riffs and stuff, like just having new avenues to, to, to do those. And we've been talking a lot about into forget lately about like kind of shifting into more of the territory of like being like, a lot like noisier and like putting in some more space and like more like rhythmic undertones and like really just like kind of like drivey, like nasty, like kind of just heavy, stuff and and also like by doing that like I, I i'm so excited to like venture new waters in that territory and uh it also just kind of leaves like some open space for like some, some melodic stuff in another you know avenue some other area and it it, it can like kind of be a, a way to get out of a writing rut sometimes when you're like let me just like change what i'm doing completely let's just do something different and come back to this or something and that challenge, uh, like especially when you're put in a position where you're trying to you're trying to nail something down, like you know it's been a year or two, and you're like trying to get some new songs going, um, like putting in some fresh perspectives, like or some some different people involved or a different instrument um, can can really help like smooth the process over and like help the songs that you want to create like come more naturally when they when they should. Uh, sometimes you can feel like you're forcing things too much. If you're like, really, like, if you like, you keep coming back to a song that you've had for a while and you know, it's just there, maybe there's a reason why this isn't like completely finished yet. Maybe it's just not, maybe it's just not like meant for right now, but let's like not forget about that. Let's keep trying new things. And, uh, sometimes you just ask yourself like, well, if I could write this like months ago, maybe we could, maybe we could write something like better, like today, right now with all of us here, let's just like off a whim, let's just go with how we're feeling. And maybe we're totally capable of doing that. And if everyone's just vibing, everyone's on the same page, it's totally possible. And then they, then before you know it, you got a few songs and everyone's having fun. And it's just without overthinking it, you just are able to just be like, this is fun. I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying like collaborating with my friends and what, what this is turning into. And we should all just be open and receptive to whatever you feel like doing right now. Yeah. And 
that may not have been what we were trying to do months ago with some other older ideas or something. But I think also like having a good conversation with the people you're collaborating with about just like your vision and the, your influences and just deciding on like a vibe, uh, like, or like an energy level, uh, and like where you're trying to take it is, is an important thing. So, so everyone just starts off on the same page, just knowing that like, Hey, we want just this, just be like a dumb, fun rock band, or we want this to be like really, really heavy and like ashy and sick. <laughs> like, like if you're ready to, if you're ready to guitar around, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Um, just find, find another balance between everything that you want to do as a musician and like enjoying every step of the process along the way. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I, I, I'm going to say also that like, you know, uh, having, having some experience in this, like I, there, there's one song and I know what song it is, but like, there's one song that we started writing in the very, very early stages of Coma Regalia. This must've been like, probably like the 15th or 16th song, you know, somewhere around there that we were writing. And, um, and I got hung up on it, on this, like, once it came to this one part, I got hung up on like, which way it should go from there or whatever. And, um, and I did not finish that song. Like, for so long i i did not mm-hmm. like we we moved on to other songs we wrote other songs you know whatever like we released other songs but like i was so hung up on this one song that like it didn't i didn't finish it for like years and um it's funny to me because like i don't i what i did <clears throat> was i just i just decided on i had like recorded all these other options and I was like they're all wrong they don't feel right it I don't know what I'm trying to do and like basically I just I almost just like picked one out of a hat like out of these six mm-hmm. options and I was just like you know what like I'm I'm done thinking about this like and I just was like that's the one and we recorded it and like I won't say what the song is I was like you know you figure out if if there's one song that's wrong out of our you know out of our 220 songs like but but you know the reason i'm bringing this up is because like it's like i can't i don't know i can't remember why i thought this wasn't right i can't remember what the other five options sounded like i have no idea what it should have sounded like the point is like if you get that hung up on something just make a decision just mm-hmm. just in the song there for uh, but like for whatever you do just finish the song because like it if if there's if you've given it enough consideration and you've given it enough time like that magic bolt isn't going to happen you just need to make a decision and and like write your next 100 songs instead you know stop worrying about it like yeah because like yeah yeah. like sometimes riffs are just like (laughs) song ideas that could be from years ago they'll just stick with you somehow and you know you keep getting hung up on the idea of like what this song could be what it should be yeah and and 
what what is it actually i don't that's up for me to decide like today if i'm trying to revive this (laughs) or i could just do something new today and maybe that'll be just as good if not better (laughs) yeah i mean like you you could like you could literally just drop it out and then just the the rest of the song could be like a saxophone solo like it does not matter yeah. there's not there's not one person <laughs> that can tell you otherwise you know like you can yeah, do whatever totally. you want and it i don't know it's just like <clears throat> i think we all get hung up on that idea of like um like we all treat something at some point like some piece of art that we're working on we all have that one that we just it was just too precious to us you know and mm-hmm. we just we 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 hemmed and hauled on it and never you know like no matter what we do it's never going to be good enough like just finish <laughs> it you know and move on yeah. like save yourself the like waking up at three in the morning thinking you got it and like <laughs> i mean that's so like Sometimes, like, I, sometimes I do not know, like, how my brain works. I think, like, other people probably, like, some people have this same thing. But, like, I will, like, I will get up at, I will get up in a start and be, like, that's it. And I will go and I will go into a bathroom where nobody can hear me. And I will, like, voice memo this little, like, thing. And I will go <laughs> back, like, the next day like oh yeah i gotta check out that thing like that amazing thing and blah 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 and i'm like this is exactly just i mean why like what there is nothing uniquely different about this than anything else i've ever like not that that makes it bad you know what i mean yeah it's just like we get real precious about things you know and we think of inspiration as like a such a it has this like sanctity in our like uh creative process you know to to be inspired yeah. and and like i mean it is it is awesome when that happens it is wonderful like but i mean i'm inspired all the time not just to make music like sometimes i'm just like walking with my kid and i'm just like fuck like every like look look at like my whole life like has led to this moment and like, mm-hmm. holy shit, you know, does that have anything to do yeah. with music or whatever? It's just like, <clears throat> I don't know, you know, like, d- like we, we all, we all like think of inspiration as like, like that's the only way that you, that you're going to be satisfied with what you're doing is if it all like is just like a bolt come down from heaven or whatever, you know? <laughs> and, and Yeah. And uh, like taking inspiration like this is you get to create your blend, your custom blend of all the things that you really love, uh, all the bands you really love, all the sounds you really love. You just get to like put them all in a blender and like try and make up something of your own. And there's total freedom to that. And sometimes that total freedom can be like really awesome and freeing. But and also it can be a little daunting where it's just like there's so many options of the way this could go. I'm really just trying to make notes that sound cool together that make me feel a certain way yeah. and uh you know it's a it's kind of an abstract thing if you like if you think about it and it, it's it provokes emotion it, it like it gives you a channel to like to to express yourself and uh often you can put a little too much pressure on yourself to try and make the best song you can and 
often because you want it to be as good as you can possibly be. But then you ask yourself, like, what is good? What is this? Like, I've listened to enough music in my life where I like maybe can like understand if this is like halfway decent or not. But like, really, you never know. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I feel like if you feel good about it, you should just do it. If yeah. you if you just if don't overthink it, just just don't think, just do. I've been telling myself that so much. Yeah. There's the other side of that too, which is just like the 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 um, the average listening experience um, is uh, so singular these days. Like, um, mm-hmm. you know, like I don't. There's a lot of records that I can remember, uh, like really important records to me. Like, say for example, Thirty Degrees Everywhere" by The Promise Ring. Like, I can remember the first time I heard that. Like, I was like you know, I don't know, you know, I was like 21 years old or something, you know, like I was, I was just like, I was like barely an adult and I was over at my friend's house and he's like, have you heard that new record? And I'm like, no. And he like puts it on. And so that's a completely different experience than what people are having nowadays, which is just like, it's just like people are hearing records like, alone a lot and Mm -hmm. there's like so much i think that has to do on like with people's like interiors like what's going on in their own lives and their own minds based like to that factors into how they connect with the record and um you know this like i bring all this up like just because you're talking about like well i think this is good and it's like I think that's another thing to to keep in mind like if you're looking for like uh like if you release something and you're looking for the indicator that people think it's good or not is like we don't have the same like metrics to like like you you can you it's it's just a crapshoot you can make the best thing and it's just like has there's so many factors that's like are people going to hear this like are people going to talk about this etc etc and so it's just like it it almost just doesn't like i mean it like it probably never should have mattered ultimately like as long as you're happy with it that's what that's the whole deal right and like right absolutely and the more people connect with it then like that's just that's the icing or whatever and you're like that's awesome. Like, yeah, because it's like reminding yourself it's never a requirement for it to be like, like 
accepted and appreciated. It, if you truly feel like happy, like in, in if you're really enjoying the experience of creating and performing and collaborating, then like you're doing it right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it feels good to have it well received, but that it never actually has to be that way. Yeah. And like, yeah, I don't know. My whole point, which I like probably never quite made was just that, like, um, it's all, it's just all, there's so many factors. It's also conditional. It's like whether mm-hmm. something is gonna like, whether that time and place was the right time and place for something to be hit, to, to, to be talked about, to be whatever. So like, you know, like just like so, somebody out there is, is fucking with it. You know, that's, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's, but, um, yeah, like, you know, we talked a little bit before, like about, um, you know, you playing different instruments in different bands and stuff. Um, but like, uh, w- what did you start on? Did you start on guitar? Uh, yeah, I like, I remember buying like a really like cheap guitar from like the local spot in Somerville where I grew up. It was like 30 minutes North of Charleston, and it was like a, I remember it was like an Arbor blue guitar, kind of like a Strat ripoff. It was like 80 bucks. And I just remember like picking that up and trying to learn that. I grew up with my, like my older brother, he was six years older than me. So like we jammed a lot growing up and my, my cousin Colton, like we always, every time we would meet up, he lived in, my cousin lived in Raleigh. And, uh, every time we would come down, we would all jam and stuff. And I just remember, uh, like my brother had a drum kit up and set up in his bedroom and I really just kind of learned just so like we could jam. That was my main motivation. <laughs> uh, just to like have, like we would just turn off like the lights and just, just start playing something and see where it goes and just feel it out. And then I had like, a couple friends that lived in my neighborhood with me, Austin and Travis and jamming with Austin at his house in a very similar fashion of just, improvising just for the sake of being loud and having fun. And, uh, I think that's where I, my interest in drumming started to was just so I could, you know, be on the other side of it to like, to like understand a guitar player's perspective uh, from a different angle. And also likewise with drumming. And I feel like drumming helps make you a better guitar player in a lot of ways. Um, I, didn't have like lessons growing up, but I was in uh, like steel band and marching band in high school. Um, I tried playing French horn for a while, but that did not work. I, I was good at making elephant noises, but <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I like in steel band was a, a, like a place where uh, it was all like the steel drums, and um, me and Austin and Travis were in that together and uh, playing like drum kit with like a whole ensemble of, of steel pans do, doing like some, a lot of like Latin beats, a lot of like, like so, uh, and calypsos. And, uh, it just, it felt, it felt cool to, to get to experiment in that setting. And some of my teachers were like super inspirational, uh, for me. And they still, they still are today. I, I'm thankful to have some of those role models at a young age that were like, very focused on like helping me develop, you know, like a sense, like an ear and, mm-hmm. and like some, a, a sense of musicianship and, and being just smart and uh, humble about your, what you're doing. And 
I couldn't thank them enough for that. But uh, in marching band, I didn't play like a traditional marching band instrument. I like played the electric drum kit in the pit and I played electric guitar in the pit. So like they like let me be myself, which was really cool. And I was able to like, I was like reading sheet music and like just playing, like playing with a group of like a hundred and 50 other kids like playing electric guitar or like electric drum set or something was just like wild experience. Like also playing like on a football field, like playing like state competition. I'll never forget that. It was like the most people I've ever played for was like a football field stands of like 3000 people or something like that. Yeah. But I mean, it, it might as well like, be the halftime show there. Well, that sets you up for a whole, just like a, an entire career of like, <laughs> not disappointment, but you know, you're like never going to play to that many people again. I mean, yeah, more than but, likely, you know, but at a young age like that, that was so significant to like really be like put in that scenario, especially on a non-traditional like instrument. It made me like see it in a different light and it made me like really like appreciate just the idea of like playing with that many other people it, it felt yeah. so powerful it felt so like i was a piece of this big puzzle um yeah so i a lot of my interest in in music kind of started around those people and in that like in that place and uh we me and austin like had this band like this two piece like punk band called impact back in the day and like we would play like battle of the bands at high school and we would like cover misfit songs and Ramon songs and against me songs and we, like we had a few songs like we, like <laughs> it's so funny like thinking about the songs that were right back then like our our school mascot was the green wave and like, i got a song called like drowning in the green wave <laughs> and like <laughs> just like about like high school sucks let's write punk songs <laughs> yeah that's um, kind of how it starts isn't it yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. But I, it's just like our we recorded like our everything we recorded was recorded like behind like a closed door with like some like video game like headphones or something. <laughs> like it's just funny to see how much it like you develop after after those years of just like experimenting and and having like recorded music for the first time felt so felt so cool like you're just like i want to do more of this this is fun yeah um i like the like innovation too it's just like you know like <clears throat> we're we're like young kids and we're like we got to figure out a way to like do this and it's like it you know in your case it's a video video game headphone mic in my case it was like a boom box with a with a Radio Shack microphone plugged into it or whatever, you know, like, yeah. um, there's always like, there's always like this, this, you know, like spark, like in this, th th these ways that we, you know, figure out how to, how to make these things happen. But when you were talking about being on the drum kit in the, uh, in the band, like I kept thinking about the, the last time I went and saw, um, my kids' band play. They had a kid behind the drum, behind the full kit as well, and it was wild because you know everybody has their like loafer shoes and their like dress <laughs> black dress slacks and their t-shirt with the black 
or not t-shirt, but you know, their dress shirt with the, with the black tie. And, um, <laughs> this kid came out and, and, um, they were in all of that. Like they had the, but then they had like the rocker, like glump drum gloves on. And I was like, and they, and they were wearing sunglasses yeah. inside. Oh, that's too yeah. cool for school, man. And, yeah. I was like <laughs> that kid right there, like knows what's up. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, <laughs> yeah, just just like middle school. Yeah, I play the drum kit, you know. Yeah, yeah and I got that kid's probably gonna be playing drums for a long time. So yeah, he's pretty good about it. Yeah, like <laughs> like probably the only drummer in the whole high school is everybody wants you know them in the band and you know. Yeah. But, um, the way to break out of that mold, you know, like not being one in the group of of trumpet players or like or whatever it is, you're just like. You're kind of a, a rhythmic centerpiece in a way, and you have to just kind of own up to that and just like, just be confident and just like get in the zone and like don't overthink it. Just start playing and like, go with it, go yeah. for it, and ha- and get your drum gloves too. Cause, get your drum gloves because then you look cool, like while everybody else is just you know a bunch hold of nerds. On, hold on it's to like, them sticks too. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe it helps with the blisters. I don't know, uh, but yeah, that's. That's cool. Like, um, like when you're talking about like, you know, two piece, I'm assuming like guitar and drums. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We could have used a bass player pretty good, but we did not have one. Yeah. I mean, you know, you do what you can. Um, so like you, you were talking about playing battle of the bands and stuff, but like, um, that, that's like, that's like high school and stuff, but like what, uh, what 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 bands like can you speak of, of like as you got uh older where people you know might be able to still check it out like that yeah what what, what so, bands like, were you first like putting out there that you were taking like more seriously and where you were like recording stuff that you're still proud of and stuff like that yeah um so the first like the first real band like <laughs> Uh, was called Cepheus. It was like a like we were like an instrumental post rock band, and we started in 2012, and we like we were from like 2012 to 2016, we were playing a bunch of shows and stuff, and we were just meeting up at my house in Somerville and just writing like just uh, like we were really influenced by like Russian Circles and Iron Press and like Mondon of the Well and uh, Between the Buried and Me and just. You know, like kind of the the post rock, like almost kind of mathy prog side a little bit too, but not too proggy. Uh, but that's kind of how we started to just try and get out there and play shows. And it was uh, it was Austin playing drums and my friend Turner playing other guitar, and we had a number of bass players. But it ended up being Joe was like our our bass player at toward the end. And we like went on a tour together. We went uh, with his band in or out and um, it, it developed a lot from there, but we kind of just like played, you know, like we played like every show we were offered and, you know, at a certain point you're, you're trying to just get your name out there in any way possible. And we met a whole lot of people by result, uh, uh, playing a lot around Somerville, playing downtown. Like our first show was at this really rad spot on the College of Charleston campus called the Communications Museum. And it was a beautiful thing. It was free shows, all ages, just like upstairs, 
in this, it, the whole, it was just an old building on campus with, uh, just like a whole bunch of like old vintage, like, like phonograph players and, and telephones and TVs and radios and just like super, the, the development of, of media technology and communications like was completely represented here. And, uh, Rick Zender was the, the curator of the museum, um, RIP, but he would like, he would be so open and, and enthusiastic to just like give you a tour. As soon as you walk in, you would not play a show at seeing every room in that place and hearing the history of all these things. And, and, it, and when you be up there, like the, uh, the floor, the floor would, the floor would be pretty bouncy, <laughs> <It was nice>. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you felt like you were a part of this. You were part of like the evolution of the whole world of, of like, of music and, and media and like the, con- the consumption of it. And it was a truly beautiful place. I think that was one of the most inspiring things to be able to like start by playing a show there. And, uh, it, it just made us like want to keep doing it. And we just started playing more shows downtown. Uh, how we like met the inner out guys. Uh, one show particular that stood out to me was in 2013, um, it was at Monster Music, the, the record store I worked at, and uh, it was with Jillian Carter and Henrietta and, and, and uh, a band called An Air of Echoes. They're like a local band. They were kind of like our post-rock big brothers, as we call them. Um, they just like kind of helped show us the way around around town, and like they really like believed in us, and they're still like good close friends of ours. And uh, that was like the night that I first met Logan, and we've been really close ever since, and uh it just all felt like it was like it all felt really good we and then we went on a like we played our first out of town shows with that band like our first run was just like a little run up through like north carolina and back we were playing nobody like actually like nobody yeah <laughs> but it was just out being out there in a van we had like my my dad had like this wheelchair accessible van and we would just we pile everything up in the middle and sit behind, like two people would sit on the bench seat in the back behind all this gear and like you couldn't see you couldn't even see them in the back seat it was just like i hope you don't slam on the brakes because that could be kind of dangerous yeah um but it just kind of gave us a feel for like what it's like to get out there and try and play and it was it was very inviting and uh we did another tour with with in or out toward the end where we went from down from florida up to up to new york and seeing New York city through the lens of music for the first time was very inspiring. Um, and that, that band just like taught me so much, just uh, like all the people that we met through the process of which we recorded one record down in Savannah with this guy, um, Peter, uh, at this place called dollhouse studios. And it was kind of like this kind of like warehouse studio space. It was also like a show space. I ended up seeing code orange kids there like a couple months after we finished recording um, but that was like our first time, like going like a real studio and doing it for real. And like, we spent like, like a week there just doing like seven songs. And I remember specifically this one night we were, like, there's this, we have like a 17 minute long song where it's just, it kind of just gets really like droning and doomy. And it was like really late at night and it was like thunderstorming. And we were like trying so hard to just like finish this, just do it. We had like, we're on a schedule. We need to like finish this. And we all just like, just got so in the zone. Like we were like in two different rooms from each other. Uh, so we could like, we were like on stage so we could like get some feedback 
with our aunt, like next to our amps and just like that, the energy of that night, I will never forget. And you can like feel it when you listen to that song too. You can just feel how we were just like, really like we were putting it, we were putting it down. Putting it down. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What's that song called? Uh, It's called destroy this loop. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, I have to check that out. (laughs) So I learned a lot from that band. Uh, After, and we like, after a while, uh, Turner, our, our other guitar player, decided to call it quits to do some other stuff. And um, we had like a last show, like booked and planned. And then a hurricane came. Well, it was supposed to come through, but it uh, the show got moved to the end of the month. And in that time period in which it got moved, uh, we got asked like day of to like open for Between the Perry to Me at the music farm. And so like that was like kind of like that was like it was funny because we almost weren't able to play that because we almost like called it quits like a week before that. Yeah. Uh, so getting to play like on like that big stage like one time that was like the music farm is a really important place for me growing up here. It's like kind of our 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 venue like our midsize like rock venue here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually working there today. I'm just like at home doing this. And I'm going back there to to work later. Um, <laughs> But uh, we got to, like, that was my first time getting to play there, and it just, like, felt so awesome. And then we played our last show, like, a few days after. And uh, and then after that project finished, we decided to just, like, keep it going with Joe and with Austin. And we started writing some new stuff, and that's what eventually became To Forget. And I remember, like, before we went to go record our first To Forget release, um, we all went up to Durham and saw Russian circles together and just like after seeing, oh, I just, I love that band so much. I have a million good things to say about Russian circles, but, um, just as far as like tonality and feel and like song flow and just mm-hmm. like dynamic and everything. But just, we all saw that and then immediately went and go, went to record and we're like, yeah, that's is uh, this is what we want to do. Yeah. <laughs> this just feels, this feels right. Just as far as like the heavy bass tone and just weaving guitars and and also being a three-piece like playing now having one less guitar player in the mix made me like approach guitar playing a little differently like you're you're thinking about trying to like fill the space in in the best way possible without trying to squeeze too much in there but also like you know it's it's a new challenge it 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 was a good challenge for me to to learn how to just like try and play guitar by myself and we uh, we went to go record that with uh, Chris uh, Chris Hilbert in Greensboro, North Carolina, at his studio called Legitimate Business, and we ended up doing a few records there with him. He's one of our close friends, and uh, that's where it all kind of started from there. From there, uh, with you forget that was back in twenty seventeen. I was gonna say because like I I was sentiment. yeah we, I the, um, that must have been like we played with y'all on like your first tour or something. Yeah, that was uh that was twenty eighteen. Okay. With so. Modern Color and with Jillian Carter in Orlando and Jacksonville. That was awesome. Yeah. What a good bill. I was looking at those flyers like a couple of days ago. I'm like, wow. <laughs> good times. Yeah, yeah. That wow. was that was a like I, I was like thinking I was like thinking that y'all were a band for a lot longer than that, like before we got on the call and stuff. And I'm, um, you know, I've I've been 
you know, uh, sort of like reminiscing over how like, you know, screamo bands or whatever you want to call it, like are lasting a lot longer these days, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. uh, <clears throat> and old ones are coming back. It's all coming together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I wonder why, like, hmm, I, like it feels like there's, it feels like every band that I was ever in that broke up, always broke up over something silly. Like basically people didn't know how to communicate with each other. And so like, I'm, I'm wondering, is that like the thing? Is it just like, we know how to communicate with each other better now. Like not necessarily because we're all older, but, or, but just like the dialogue in America about, or the world rather, you know, like, um, about like, uh, like communicating your feelings, like, in at least in our like subculture or whatever as it were is just yeah. like much better like where where it was like you know i don't know 20 years ago it's like people just get mad at each other and then the band breaks up and you know you don't you hear about it later especially like when these bands are like reuniting and stuff and you're like you all broke up over what now like that's really silly yeah but um Definitely. yeah i don't know <laughs> But yeah, I don't. I don't know why I was like. I was like, is this is this another band that's been around like ten years? But you know, uh, not you know, we're like we're 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 coming up on it. But um, yeah. yeah so like, you know, um, basically like let's do like the uh, let's do like a a, a a rapid fire round of like what your projects have coming um down the pipeline like and um you know like what what shows you're you might be playing and stuff like that like and you can start with with whichever band you'd like yeah um coming up uh to forget is going to be playing with uh with frail body and pains at rec room in charleston which is just like a small bar where bands kind of play in the middle of the floor and it's gonna be a madhouse and i'm so excited <laughs> um <laughs> It only happens on shows only happen on Tuesdays and there hasn't really been shows there since after COVID and it's going to be really rad. Uh, When's that? And then we're gonna be, it's going to be really, oh, it's uh, November 28th. Okay. Uh, and then we're going to be playing uh, our first time in Atlanta at this cool Screamo Fest with a bunch of bands from the Southeast. Um, Slow Fire Pistol is headlining it and like Novelty and Dim and Less Dead and a bunch of other cool bands are playing it. Um, so we're really excited for that. Uh, that's like three days before Christmas. And um, Art Star is going to be playing at the Royal American uh, on the 30th of next month, which is like right before the New Year's. So that's going to be really fun. With, uh, with our, our, a bunch of our friends are in this band called Show Me Mary. They're like, we're like, we're all really good friends. They, they all hang out here at the house a lot. And I've been like helping them record some demos lately and stuff. Um, they, uh, they're going to play that show with us and, uh, sky watching may play at that same venue in January. And, uh, after that, we're kind of just talking about just getting down to like writing and just really trying to crank out some new stuff. Um, when we were at Fest recently. We were we met with uh, someone, uh, Casey from Iodine Records, and 
we've just been talking to him about the possibility of I'm not trying to like speak too soon or anything, but like maybe the possibility of like collaborating in the future. And uh, I just want to be open to that. And I also want to come into that whole conversation with like some cool, fresh, new stuff. You know, like at a certain point you feel like I love playing like the stuff that we're playing. Absolutely. But like, especially after coming back from tour and coming back from fest, you're just like, all right, that was super fun. But like, step it up. Like what we got next. Like, let's, <laughs> let's do some rad, you know, yeah. like let's, uh, let's do something cool. So I'm that I'm looking forward to those shows a lot. And I'm looking forward to like hashing out some new, some new stuff with these projects. Um, with Artstar, I, I joined Artstar like two or so, two or three years ago. It's been a little bit. Um, I've been playing drums in that band, and I I love it so much. It's so much fun. Um, we've been working on writing some material because I haven't actually like, played on any of the material that's like been recorded thus far. Yeah, and it is uh, it's a blast. I love playing with Mia and Joe and Liz. And uh, my partner, Katie, also plays bass in this project now. And it's just, it's so fun to, we all meet at the storage unit once a week and just throw ideas out there. And um, lately we've got, we've got like, there's like one new song that I'm like so hyped on. It's like the hardest song to play. Like we just played it at like a show recently, just like holding my sticks. It's like the biggest job. (laughs) Just hang in there. But like. Oh, it's so much fun. Just like the energy. I just like, I can't, I can't help it, but like, I have to like, you know, keep hitting these drums, like <laughs> in a, in a, the right way. <laughs> yeah. Challenging sometimes, but, uh, yeah, that's kind of what's, uh, what's coming down the pipeline for me. Uh, I'm also like playing drums in this like kind of like country, like indie project with my, one of my coworkers from the record store and Ross, uh, we've got like, 10 or 11 songs that he's written that we're starting to like home record a little bit. And I, we haven't like played a show or anything yet, but uh, that's kind of another thing that I have going on. (laughs) Um, Awesome. Yeah. Just keeping it interesting, you know? And that was my conversation with Nate McKinley. Thank you so much, Nate, for taking the time to chat with us. Also, thanks to Breadbox Philly for sponsoring today's show. I am so jealous that I will not be able to be there. All the bands that are playing look amazing. Once again, I'd like to remind you to check out the Patreon page, which is at patreon.com slash human machine. Until next time, take care and do good things. <laughs>